Hey, welcome to the First Two Entrepreneurs podcast, where we feature first responders that are also entrepreneurs or running business on the side. We are here to showcase these businesses, but also talk about the difficulties running a business while being a first responder. My name is Ryan Ballard, and I'm your host. In today's show, I am super excited to welcome Chris Major. Chris is a retired battalion chief out of South Metro, um, just south of the Denver area, and is the owner of CNC Training and Consulting. Welcome, Chris. Morning, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Great. Excited. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. Um, you're the uh, second person in that. Uh, um in the colorado area that we've uh, that we've interviewed we interviewed rick davis in the past um on a few episodes ago um so kind of cool to get somebody else from the Cal- from colorado on um i uh i was actually just in Cal in that area well colorado springs i should say um back in september i was at the illinois or the uh fallen firefighter memorial for the right. iaff um never realized uh, up until then, because uh, obviously, the, have you ever been? Oh yeah, so the memorial, yeah. Um, so you know, they have Tent City, and um, you know, going through that, and I'm looking, I'm like seeing them South Metro, West Metro, North Metro, and there's just these giant yeah. tents and all these people over there. I'm like, oh my, I'm like, where are these departments? I had no idea until I started googling it. Um, yeah. as I was doing, you know, a few other departments while while I was out there, and um, it's kind of a cool setup that you guys have in metro uh that you had in metro denver right you had all of the it seemed like all of the suburban departments that surrounded denver in their own conglomerates basically their own fire protection districts yeah it started Um, it started out around the city with um individual fire departments and then over time they merged together to save money and and provide better service and all that kind of stuff but what it did is created these massive departments that are you know south metro became the second largest department in the state Um, when i started at parker fire in the 80s it was four stations and when Mm -hmm. i retired it was 30 south metro was 30 stations and you know 600 plus firefighters and you know that that's not massive in comparison to some of the other big metros but yeah in colorado denver's the biggest and they're right around 900 so we're, we're we're knocking on the door yeah, I absolutely. I mean, it's. I think that uh, that style of uh, um, combining departments, if you will, or strategy, I guess you could say, um, I think is becoming a little bit more prevalent. And that um, I don't know what areas. I just see it happening more often. Um, there was a lot of talk here in the Chicagoland area, um, you know, where I'm from, to almost do the same thing especially on the south side there was a lot of push for it mm. um just because you know budgets are lower you know right. uh, you know in the metro chicago um typically the western and northern suburbs are the ones that are a little bit uh um more well off i guess you could say um yeah. healthy healthier budgets and um healthier tax base um you know and there was a big push for it i don't know i don't know what ever happened to it um because it actually um there was a few guys at uh neighbor my department and uh that were talking about it but i I think it just kind of fizzled out because they didn't know where to take it and i guess you have politics in play right 
who's oh, going sure. to be the who's going to be the chief, who's going to be the you know yeah. the uh, admin structure, and then you know, um, but very uh, um, very cool strategy that they that they deployed up up by you. So it, it really um, was. It was a it was a game changer with. Uh, we, we were actually really blessed. We had a great budget. We had a great tax base, um, a lot of growth in the area. Um, not being a city department, we weren't fighting for, you know, road and bridge, parks and rec, or any of that stuff. It was mm-hmm. the money that we taxed was for us, and we were able to manage that budget. And we had, we were well, well managed financially. We had a great command staff that that really put a lot back into us. Yeah, that's awesome. 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 Um, let's, uh, let's start at the beginning here. You know, we obviously just talked about South Metro a little bit. Um, you know, you, you started off, uh, now was Parker one of the districts that was absorbed by South Metro or was that totally separate? The the funny part is, is it, that that's how it looks. Cause Parker South Metro was a fire department in itself. Uh-huh. Um, Castlewood fire department became South Metro kind of with a grand plan to, to become what it did. Um, Parker was a small department. Um, South Metro wanted our chief. They end up at one point wiping out their entire command staff. The board had had enough somehow and hired Parker's chief. So the Parker command staff became the command staff for South Metro. We all merged into one organization and it started rolling from there. Wow. Um, It was, uh, you know, they were the bigger department, but our command staff went in and, and, and took over. Um, okay. I, I was lucky enough to work for the same chief for, for the first 20 years of my career, which is unheard of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, super fast growing department, highest, some of the highest growth in the country during that time. And, and chief Qualman was a, uh, he was just always right out front That's and awesome. ran the place up until, well, 2000, Wow, 2008, 2009 area, I believe. I'd have to go back and look for sure, but yeah, um, yeah worked for him for a long time. And and what a, what a great human to work for. That's awesome. You don't, and like you said, that's it's unheard of. You don't really you don't hear that too often um, that you get to work for the same G for 20 years, whether yeah. they're even if they are, you know rotated from a, a BC to now you know maybe a deputy yeah. chief and now the fire chief, right? But to have him as the um, you know, chief for that long is, is pretty impressive. I mean, we unfortunately have had quite the turnover where I work. Um, and, uh, now we finally have a, a younger, um, chief in place that, uh, has no ambition to leave, um, anytime soon, which is, which is great. Um, you know, we, we're all ecstatic that he is the chief and, and the deputy chief is, is awesome as well. Um, but, uh, you know, finally we're, ho- I'm hoping to now, yeah. you know, enjoy maybe the next 10 years or so with the same chief instead of, right. God, I think we've had s- seven chiefs, eight chiefs. I want to say yeah. something along those lines. <laughs> uh, the, the cool part for South Metro is that I, we worked for chief Qualman for so many years. The, the current chief Baker, I, mm-hmm. um, he was one of my partners when I got hired as a firefighter. He was, awesome. he was a firefighter. We, we had no officers. He made lieutenant and then worked his way up through the ranks. Super educated guy. Um, really passionate about the department. That's and, fantastic. You know, so now, you know, 35-year career, I've worked for two fire chiefs. Which That's awesome. Which blows my I talked to firefighters. I said, you two? What? Yeah. How's that? 
So it just shows that you have uh, two quality quality leaders that uh, right. you know that are up there. They're not uh, you know they're all about the organization. They put their organization first above themselves. You know, sure. otherwise otherwise they wouldn't last. Uh, in my in my personal opinion, you know, looking at the different leadership styles that are out there, and um, it's really really cool to see. Um, well, and they were both humble enough to when they were wrong and we pushed back. Yeah. You know, we, we get together as a group of company officers or battalion chiefs and, hey, you guys are wrong on this. And, yeah. well, you know, we're going to go with either we're going to go with my way or, you know, let's take a look at what you got. Sure. So it, so it worked. It was pretty collaborative. It was it was a neat good. system to work. In. Good, 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 good. So um, so you spent uh, 33 years, a little over 33 years, right, with uh, South Metro total. Yeah, I started off in Parker in the in '87 as a volunteer. Okay. Um, I was always gonna out of high school. I was gonna go fly helicopters in the army. Working through that, I was in the Army Reserves. Um, that was my plan. A buddy of mine got on the volunteer fire department and said, "Hey, you gotta come down and check this out. This is really cool." So went down, checked it out. Um, bing, bang, boom. Thirty-three years later, here we are. So. Um, <laughs> kind of made my parents mad um, that I didn't follow the family, you know, the family job going to the, nobody in my family had been in the fire service. Um, my dad didn't understand it for a lot of years. You know, the whole, I'm a paramedic. Are you a paramedic or you're a firefighter? You know, well, I'm both dad. I do, I do it both every day. Um, so, so working through that, um, the volunteer thing lasted a couple of years. Um, got, was lucky enough to get hired. Um, started working through, went to paramedic school, mergers happened, company officer. I spent 20 years as a company officer between lieutenant and captain. Um, And then foolishly enough, I say kind of jokingly, my last three years, I I had taken the battalion chief's test a few times Mm -hmm. and gotten right to the edge and, you know, spent a year as an actor um, and then got passed over because I didn't do as well on the test as the guy Mm -hmm. that did. he got convinced by a buddy of mine to take the test one more time, just give it another shot. And we all got promoted out of that group. So I uh, spent the last three years as a battalion chief. Um, a lot, I, I did, I did things a lot like Rick talked about in his sure. episode with his, you know, spend time with the crews and get to know them. Um, that was important. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when he was, uh, when he was talking about that, um, you know, res- it resonated a lot with me. Um he he has that servant leadership type uh, um, um, style, I guess you could say. And I really try to uh, model my leadership style off of that as well. I'm not an officer currently, um, but I I take that that leadership style no matter where I'm at, whether I'm uh, right. working in my business, whether I'm working you know in the not for profit or the fire department. Even though you know a leader doesn't have to wear a white shirt, right? So absolutely. Um, keeping that leadership style, I think, um, really bodes well with, uh, with, the, with the membership. Um, you know, I think that, uh, it's a very effective, um, leadership style and, you know, you're, you're putting everybody else before yourself with that. I, you know, and I don't know, I, you know, people obviously have different, different styles of, of leading, um, you know, none of you know, if, if a style works for you, great. Um, you know, as long as, uh, you know, the members buy into it. Right. Um, 
But uh, I, I just I really feel that servant type leadership it just sets you up for success. Yeah, taking taking a few minutes to get to know their kids' names, their their wife's name. Mm-hmm. You know, having a having a holiday dinner with at the at the firehouse. That's something yeah. that that started to get lost, and we were, we pushed really hard to get back in my battalion. Was hey, bring your families to the firehouse during for Christmas or Thanksgiving. But you know, you're on duty. You might as well enjoy it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, when, I, when I was coming up, that's my son got his big present at the firehouse if I was on duty. You know, he got a bike. Three of his buddies got bikes, but his was cooler because he got it at the firehouse. Mm-hmm. So it, that kind of thing to me was, you know, we talk about family. Let's actually be a family. Yeah, so, absolutely. I, I agree wholeheartedly for sure. You know, one of the other things I did was uh, I ran the breathing air program for the fire department. And that mm-hmm. was one of the big things we pushed is, you know, let's make sure that the guys, every every technician I had was a firefighter. We did every all the repairs, all the testing. So if I'm going to wear, if I'm going to fix your air pack, you know that I might have to wear it tomorrow. Right. So that, that was a totally different mindset than a lot of departments had. They have a manufacturer doing it or an outside company doing it or yep. somebody that really doesn't want to be doing it, doing it. Mm-hmm. So it, it became a, became a, just a, you know, another way to give back to the, the folks within the department. Yeah, absolutely. We, we actually have a, a company that comes out and does it for us. Um, you know, and, and we're a smaller department, um, you know, we're, we're a career and uh, um, I think we have two part-timers left. <laughs> we just, oh, wow. the transition know, is close. Oh yeah. You know, we're, it's, uh, it's hard to get, it's hard to get guys. I mean, it's nothing unique to, to our area. I mean, it's all over the country. Um, a, a bunch of guys were saying that in Colorado uh, when we were out there in September and um, but uh, you know, it's, so it's hard for a, a, a 26 member department to take on that. That's also running, you know, right. um, about 4,000 calls out of two stations, you know? Right. So it's, you know, it's, it's hard to, to dedicate that the amount of time, but, you know, if you have a, um, you know, a larger department, like, like South Metro or, you know, something similar in size to be able to dedicate those guys to that specific task, just like you said, you could be fixing that air pack. And now, well, or your uh, some one of your technicians could be fixing that yeah. air pack, knowing that you very well may be using that air pack tomorrow. You know, in a in a structure fire, right? right. So it puts a little bit more of a a um, uh, responsibility right. um, aspect to it. You know, well, we did um, everything. We, most of the stuff was done off duty, so we did it for overtime. Um, oh, so nice. that that kept. You know, one of the things that I really fought hard was not to. You know, you, you, we've I've talked about it a bunch. Is don't don't let your your side hustle or your extra extra duty take your time of your primary duty, right. um, and, that, and that was important to me to make sure that you know you're not sitting down working on a on, a, on an air pack, get a call, or it's dinner time, or you're up to cook. Now you got to leave that thing sitting on the bench. Mm-hmm. You come back to it, remember where you were at. Right. You know, do it when you're off duty. You're you can focus on that. If you got a couple hours, you go and you take care of it. Yeah. Um, no. and, and that seemed that was a that worked really well for the guys. They enjoyed it, and it, it gave quick turnaround to the crews. Yeah, quick quick turnaround. Um, it's nice making a little uh, uh, OT yeah. cash on the side as well. Um, and, and honestly, it was cheaper for the department to do it like that than to pay an outside company. Interesting. Okay. So um, it, it was uh, 
it, it was kind of a, a win-win. You know, we did a lot yeah. of the training for the for the crews too. We did the initial recruit training. They gave us a, the first week of the fire academy was all about SCBA training. So awesome. super, you know, it was really they were really um, engaged in making sure that PPE was important to the to the recruits and yeah. you know mastery. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, that's awesome. It's it's a another unique. Uh, uh, aspect of, uh, of South Metro, right? You know, you got, uh, you, you don't really hear that too often. I mean, bigger cities like a, a Chicago or, you know, something like that, I guarantee they have a shop that uh, repairs all that stuff, um, oh, yeah. you know, when they're taken out of service, right? But you're talking about a department that has, you know, thousands upon their third biggest fire department in the country, right. you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's unique. I, um, it's interesting, yeah, especially because a lot of, it seems like around, at least around my area that um, a lot of departments are switching. Um, we did as well. Um, instead of paying overtime, they're paying, uh, we call it 7G out here where you're getting paid a um, lesser of a rate to do non, um, non firefighting slash uh, life safety tasks, right? So uh, those uh, apparatus spec meetings, um, okay. apparatus maintenance and, and stuff like that, EMS meetings, you know, r- realistically, it's all meetings. Um, if you're out doing pub ed, um, if you're doing inspections, whatever the case may be, um, you're getting paid a lesser of a rate than overtime rate. And um, it, it seems like a lot of uh, departments out here are leaning towards that, which I mean, it's still good money. You're still making, you know, 30 some dollars an hour or whatever it is. Right. Um, you know, it just sucks that you're not making that, uh, right. that overtime <laughs> rage, but I get it, you know, but uh, yeah, very, very interesting. Now you leading that program at South Metro right. led you into where, into your business today, right? Right. Um, you know, you, you took your experience of, you know, 35 years of, messing around with air packs and now, and then working on the air packs, uh, pretty, um, um, what, what am I looking for? Pretty frequently. And, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> um, now you, right. And now you're turning it into, into, into a business that's also now giving back to the fire service that, uh, you spent 30 some odd years, uh, giving your life towards. Yeah. That, that's, the, that was the big goal of this. Uh, I had had coworkers for years that said, Hey, you need to, you need to do this. There's other departments that could really use help with this, you know, mm-hmm. the manufacturer rep. Hey, you, can you can you talk to XYZ Fire Department? They're 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 working on buying new packs, or they need some help with um, fit testing or or whatever. I, I always put it off as you know I don't I don't want a conflict of interest. You know I got to dedicate to these guys. There's 600 of them that I got to take care of. Um, I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. When I retired, I was uh, a friend of mine from from Georgia called me and put me in touch with his training chief. And we, we started discussing some stuff and he says, man, uh, if you, if you had a business, if you, I could pay you to teach, to tell me this stuff and teach me this stuff. So long story short, um, about three hours later, my wife and I had started an LLC and got back with them and, and we're working on, on getting some stuff going for their department. Uh, you know, like you said, giving back to the fire service you know, on a, a, a kind of a bigger scale. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter what brand of SCBA you use. You know, my favorite SCBA is one that's getting used and getting trained in. Mm-hmm. You know, 
everybody's got an opinion for Dodge and Chevy. I do too. I'm not going to give it, but it's, it's one of those things I've worked with manufacturers on developing product. Um, I think that there's, there's a lot of things we could do as the fire service to drive that um, and to build programs. Uh, Breathing air programs are not sexy by any stretch. They're a giant money suck. Mm -hmm. Um, Finance directors, uh, I went round and round with ours. And luckily enough, I had enough support within the department and we were able to prove for years that, you know, we weren't hurting people. We had people that were highly proficient in the use. Um, they, they were at almost a mastery level with their, with their SCBA and their, their PPE. And if something did go wrong, they didn't have to think about their, their equipment. They, they had hundred percent of their energy to focus on the problem at hand. So that's kind of the, the impetus is we can look at the look at the program and see what you have and what you know maybe make some suggestions on what will work better or help you um, work on some training programs. That's something I found is is pretty. It, it freaks me out a little bit that we don't spend more time as the fire service teaching people how to use this stuff the right way. Yeah, um, and and that's that's kind of what I want to get back to the to the fire service. You know, it, it's is it an opinion? Absolutely. Is it right? I think so, but there's going to be people that, that disagree with me. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's going to be people that are that are going to disagree with you no matter what. And right, you know, it's I've learned that uh, you know if people are disagreeing with you or people are calling you out on whatever, you're you're probably doing something something right. You know, because yeah. you're you're always going to have a critic no matter what. Oh, yeah. And you know, I've I've at first I unfortunately gave those people um too much of my time you know just my thoughts thinking about it right not that i gave that person any physical time but i took time out of out of my day to think about what that person was saying and (laughs) am i really doing this wrong am i really screwing this up you know what and then i realized that no you're it's just you know realizing that it's just an opinion everyone's everyone's got an opinion you know and uh um you know it's you just got to brush it off, like you said, and, uh, you know, keep moving forward. And one of the last academies um, that I that I taught the, the first week of was um, really validating for our whole system. You know, I was bringing in the guys that were going to take the program over for me, and we were we were teaching this academy. There was three three guys in there that should have been lateral hires, but, you know, a 12 or 13-year guy from a big department close to us, mm-hmm. uh, a 10-year guy, and then a 20-year guy from – from another big department, they all pulled me aside in the, in the training. They were going through the full 17 week Academy said, man, you know, I've never, I've been doing this job a long time and I have never learned that much about an air pack. That's awesome. Thank you. Like, okay. You know, what, what did I miss? Mm -hmm. Like, we don't know. We've never, we never learned anything like that. So, you know, and it was, it's a week where we end the week with a test that we call it the stress test. Mm-hmm. Um, where we compromise their air and we tell them all week, you know, if you don't pass this test on Friday, you're fired. We know you've mm-hmm. worked hard to get here, um, but it's a, it's a resilience building thing. And, you know, we, we compromise their air. We put them in nasty situations. They're blacked out. We, we, we have things that may or may not fall on people and mm-hmm. you know, potentially trap them and, and make them really uncomfortable. Yeah. And to, the only way to fail the test is to break the seal of your mask. You follow the procedure we teach, you get air back or you don't, and you disconnect your regulator and breathe your hood if you can, if you don't have a particular hood, and uh, you move on. 
um, in 30 years, we've never had anybody fail it. Wow. So, and then they started doing some validation testing with some science based, you know, spit in the cup and they test hormone levels and all this kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. what the doctor came up with was that this was actually building resilience in these, in these recruits. So it, it was kind of validating in that because it could really easily get pushed over to hazing. Yeah. Um, when I got, when I got on, it was more of a hazing ritual than it was anything else. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, thankfully the fire service has evolved and we're, we're yeah. a little bit more um, purposeful in what we do now. Sure. No, that's it speaks volumes on about what you implemented, right? Or what you or you know, the program right. that you help implement. And right. you know, to have a have a twenty year guy or a ten year guy doesn't matter. You know, come to you and say, hey, you know, Chris, this is this is awesome. You know, I've I, I've never learned so much about an air pack before. It, it speaks volumes to to what you help put in place. So kudos, kudos to you. Thank you. That's one of the things I I, I appreciate. You know, don't just tell me it works. Mm -hmm. Tell me how. Tell yeah. me why. Yeah. Um, so that's you know, and what I'm finding is not all not all the recruits are built like that. They just want you. Oh, you. This is what I do. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, we kind of mm -hmm. set them down and no, you're going to learn this. This is important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And. So. Um, no, it's that's that's cool. You know, I uh, um, like you said, the fire service has evolved. Um, you know, I I could totally see that. Uh, you know, playing out when when I first started as well as a, uh, <laughs> um, you know, just messing around with the you know new guys, right? And but you know, it's it's a what if that happened in real life? What if yeah. you had that drop ceiling, you know, fall on you, and you're now you're stuck, you're disoriented. Uh, you don't remember if there was a window on, on on the wall to your left, or you don't remember if there was a door on your right. You know, right. you didn't map it out as you're as you're crawling through. And now what? You right. know, now at least with the procedure um, and the tactics that you taught and that you helped develop with you know with the AirPack program um, at your department, those recruits are now coming into the into their uh, um, line positions a hell of a lot more prepared than somebody that that wasn't put through that training. And, right. you know, if you, and not only does that make those new recruits more comfortable, it makes everybody else on the line with them more comfortable. Right. When we still have people, I, I have one guy in particular that got, <clears throat> he got turned around in a restaurant fire. Um, and to this, every time we do the stress test, he'll, he, he says, you know, cap chief, whatever rank I was at the time, or, you mm -hmm. know, and we're actually really good friends. He would say, I want to come and I want to do the test. 100%. The guy is a 25-year guy. And, you know, big paramedic, strong as an ox. But that that event in his career got to him. Yeah. And he found he found a way that, hey, you know what? I need to go do that every year. Well, now we're doing three academies a year. And Justin will show up and he'll he'll just, you know, I want to do this. That's awesome. So you know, it's, it's kind of that kind of culture and he'll, he'll drag two or three of the other guys. Hey, come do this with me. Yeah. You know, he's, he's that, you know, like you, it's that, that informal leader that mm -hmm. people just flock to and Hey, well, you know, if, if Ryan's doing it, I should probably go do it too. Yeah. You know, that's that, that that's more powerful than a company officer or a battalion chief saying, Hey, you know what? You really need to go do this because yeah. you'll do it. Right. But he's doing it 
for a different reason, right? You know, it's not just because he's told to do it. He's right. doing it because he's owning what happened to him and trying to make sure that that doesn't happen again. Right. Or to right. anybody else that he's on his crew. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's that, that's the, I think that's the, uh, Oh, not not the unwanted, but the un the the benefit that you can't put your finger on where it came from. Yeah, it's just it's just what happens. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's cool. a byproduct of it. Yeah, great. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, how long have you been? So you've been retired since September. Do I have that right? No, I, uh, I retired in uh, the beginning of June. June. Um, That's right. Okay. And uh, we had we had made this plan. We were gonna. Once I retired, we we're going to make it easy on us, and we we're just going to move out of Colorado. So we packed everything up, sold our house, um, retired, and off to South Carolina. Awesome. So here we are. It's not <laughs> snowing. It is snowing in Colorado today, and I don't miss it at all. It is. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> so, there's a there's a nasty storm coming through there right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, un- it's weird. It's coming up and above Chicago right now. It's going to rain uh, tomorrow, but. Uh, we are we are going to uh, not get all of that snow that uh, that Colorado is getting, so we yeah. we're lucking out on that. But um, what what made you choose South Carolina? Well, so like I said, I, I had um, moved to this area trying to work on you know taking what I've le- had learned and all that kind of stuff in the fire department, the breathing air program, mm-hmm. and work for one of the manufacturers of, of SCBA. Um, they ended up going on a hiring freeze about um, the same time I was moving. Mm. which that, that ball was too far down the road to to stop so we we decided to go for it um now we're here um my wife is we've found a, got a great house huge garden area um, she's enjoying that but she's getting ready to go back to work too she's she was a firefighter paramedic for 20 years as well and oh. then taught in the, at the college level in the, the paramedic and emt programs so she's looking at one of the tech colleges down here to start teaching and Nice. I'll spare. I'll keep doing this, and you know, if if the manufacturing thing comes around, we'll we'll go there and do this as well. You know, it's kind of I've never had only one job, so it's uh, amen. It's, it's, <laughs> you know, it's a balancing act for sure. I mean, I still have a job in Colorado working at uh, one of the at the at the drag strip as a as a first responder there. Um, I'll fly back in for a couple of races next year and, and help those guys out something I've, I've done for 25 years. And I just love working yeah. there. So awesome. Working so you, on getting at the fire college here to, to help pass that along to some of the recruits in this area. They've asked me to join the department here as a volunteer. And I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I've done my time guys. Yeah. You, you put your time in. That's for yeah. sure. I'll come help. I'll do whatever you need, but I'm not going on calls. Yeah, absolutely. You, you put your time in, um, yeah. you gotta, you gotta enjoy, you gotta enjoy retirement, right? That's, that's all we're all working for. And I do, to- but it's one of the things that Rick, Rick touched on is that we do a really good job of bringing people in. We do a really good job of keeping people on the straight and narrow mentally while they're there. But when it's time to go, <clears throat> Hey, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Sorry. Have a nice day. You know, the finance stuff was great, but you know, it was, it, it was definitely something to hit me hard. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, they say if they, you know, do you think the fire service is hard to get into? Try and get out. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, we've had, a, we've had a couple uh, retirees that, uh, one of them a little bit more recently. Um, well, we've had 
two different types, right? We've had the one that, uh, the couple that retire and you just never hear from them again. Right. Like, and you know, and that's okay with them. They're, that's what they wanted. They wanted that complete disconnect from the fire service completely. Um, which, Hey, if that's, you know, that's the road that they want to travel down, you know, so be it. Um, and then we've had guys that, uh, um, would still show up, which we're all about. I mean, if, you know, a retired guy wants to come in for a cup of coffee in the morning or, you know, wants to come over for dinner, come for lunch, I, whatever, you know, we're, we're you know, we always welcome back with open arms, um, you know, anybody that, uh, that retired. And there was a couple of guys that, uh, that struggled a little bit, um, you know, when they left, um, took them a while to finally pull the trigger on leaving just cause they didn't know what, what life looked like, um, after the fire service, right. There's a, there's such a camaraderie and, uh, you know, brother and sisterhood that we have that, yeah. um, that you, you don't find that anywhere else, um, no. you know, in any other profession other than, you know, probably the military. Um, but yeah. you know, it, 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 even, even then we're different because we're living right. with each other a third of our lives. Right. You know? Yeah. That, and that was something I, I had started preparing myself for that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I set a goal. I want to be 55 and I want, I want this. Uh, we, we did a, um, worked for almost, almost 20 years on a communication in mass communication system for, to bring safety up. Mm-hmm. Um, when we roll that out, I'm done. Well, February, we rolled it out and February, I turned 55. So, okay. I, I, I made these two goals. I've mm-hmm. reached them both. I'm done. I, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, this summer I'm out. Yeah. So when, you know, and knowing myself, it would have been, you know, harder for me to stay away and to not, you know, go back to the chief and say, Hey, you know, boss, I was, uh, I was just kidding about retiring. I, I can I come back? <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, that, that was, that, that was, that would have been a tough thing to, to not do if I had stayed there. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you've been doing, and how long now have you been doing the, uh, the site or the, uh, the business? Um, about, about three months, about three months. Okay. Yeah. So um, then just really getting, just starting to get going with it. And, uh, you know, did it, did a job back in Colorado for, for, for one, actually a friend who brought me back to, to work on some stuff mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, working on some other, other pieces with departments, trying to, trying to get things, you know, lined out to get them moving forward with their, with their recent purchases and training programs and that kind of stuff. But, you know, nothing's really taken off yet, but I'm kind of enjoying the the time to regroup and sure get good nights of sleep and <laughs> make sure I'm healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now you you've had multiple jobs, um, you know, throughout your whole life, like you like you alluded yeah. to. Um, I've been the same way my entire adult life, and um, you know why when you're when you have multiple commitments, um, I ask pretty much every, every guest this because every guest really realistically is kind of in the same boat, right? We're, you know, we still are, we're either just retired like yourself, um, Mm -hmm. but have had multiple jobs at going on at the same time, you know, during your career, you know, or you have, uh, you know, the guys that are still working actively and then now they have a side hustle or two side hustles. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and, uh, you know, 
it's it's hard to to manage all that, right? And right. whether whether you're talking about mentally, whether you're talking um, time wise, uh, you know, stress wise, you know, there's there's all kinds of different facets that come into play here. Um, is there something that you um, that helped guide you through? Um, those times where you had multiple jobs going on at the same time, is there any particular uh, tip or strategy that you use to to manage all of it? I think some of the biggest things with that were just making sure that if I if I was on duty at the firehouse, that had to be number one, mm-hmm. always. Um, family, you know, juggling family with jobs and all this other stuff. That was a uh, you know my my now ex wife was um, really. She, she was a trooper with that for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my son grew up, you know, he would come to the firehouse. He wanted to see, see me more often. Um, mm-hmm. I was, you know, we weren't making a good wage when I started, I was working up to three, four jobs, you know, trying to just make ends meet. We were, I think we were, yeah. when I started, we were making $14,000 a year. Oh. Um, so yeah, it's back in the eighties. So things yeah. were a little bit better, but still, you know, yeah. not great. So you're, you're making ends meet there. Um, you know, my wife was working full time that way. It, it's, I, I guess the, the trick to it was really, really being a good communicator. And, you know, if you need some time, you got to take some time. Um, you know, it, it, you hate to say no to somebody, but because, because you're worried that, that you say no, they just find those, those replace me with somebody else and they won't need it at all anymore. So, you know, that, that whole, you know, being part of every committee and every, you know, oh, I could do that job too. That That's just one more thing. Take a couple hours a week, no big deal. Well, that couple hours added to the other 40 hours and the others, you know, 48 hours for your shift. And, you know, that's a, I, I, I don't know that the, the trick is anything other than communication. And, and uh, you know, I think, I think we all love the stress. You know, if, if you start to get comfortable that's something where you, you you look to add more stress to your life to to make you feel more on the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. At least for me, that was it. You know, if I if I was if I wasn't doing something that was you know putting me on the edge of burning out or you know something dangerous or you know I started drag racing years ago. Okay, you know people think that's not dangerous. All you're doing is driving straight. Well, <laughs> I showed that it was it was kind of dangerous and. I've, you know, working at the racetrack, watching people crash, and that, that's a whole different level of stress for me. Yeah. So when I retired, that was one of the things I realized is that was, you know, I felt like I didn't have a purpose, <clears throat> but my purpose then became to learn how to live with not being stressed 24 hours a day. And that, um, that was tough. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess back to your question that just um, really being in tune with your with yourself and where you're at um, and your 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 people in your life around you too, you know, communicating with them is, you know, making sure that you have that support system in place, you know, whether it's the, your brothers and sisters at the firehouse, you know, calling you out and making sure that you're keeping up with what you with your end of the of the of the job. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that that I watched people in the firehouse do. And I encouraged all my crews to do that was, hey, you know, you know, so-and-so's got a side job. And if you see them moving down the path of not paying attention to their job right here, 
because they're doing that, check in with them and find out why. Yeah. You know, we talk about brother and sisterhood and that's a, um, that's something that we, it talks easy, but it's hard to do. I agree. So I agree. Um, yeah, I don't think I answered your question really well. It's just, it, it, I, it, I'd have to think about that one for quite a while. It's, it's tough to, I don't know, we just did it. Yeah. No. And it's okay. No, you did answer it. Cause you know, you talked about communication and I think that's, um, a very, uh, important key component to managing all of that. Right. And like, if you're not communicating, you know, with your wife or, or husband or whatever, um, and you know, you, uh, you're just bottling it all up and which I did for a number of years and it, yep. it's not healthy, you know? And I think, uh, uh, you know, as firemen, we, that's just what we do. We just bottle right. it up, you know? And, um, you know, it, it took a long time for me to, to, to realize that I need to communicate better. Um, you know, whether it was, uh, at the firehouse, whether it was my wife, whether it was, you know, family, friends, whatever it may be. Um, mm -hmm. and just letting, you know, letting people know, Hey, what's going on in my life. Right. I got this going on. I got that going on. And not just saying I'm busy, man. I can't, I, I just can't. Cause now, you know, when you answer it like that, you're, you're almost, um, turning them off, if you will, kind of almost kind of yeah. relating back to your point about, um, you know, if, well, if I, if I tell them, no, are they, are they not going to come right. to me anymore? Right. You know, cause I, I, again, another issue that I had was saying no to things and that kind of all ties, ties together. Um, you know, I, I just kept saying, yes, Hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? Can you do that? Yeah. 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 I got it. No problem. Right. And it, a Guilty. lot of it was at, <laughs> yeah. And a lot of it was at the firehouse, right. With committees and, and, and stuff like that. And, you know, even outside of the firehouse, Hey man, can you help me out with this? Can you do that? You know, I need help working on my car because I used to wrench for a number of years, you know, back in the day. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. I got it. I got it. And it just started becoming so much now, especially that I have so much going on in my life between the fire department, charity, a, uh, business, this podcast, you know, right. family, friends, you know, all, and then all the other committees that I'm on at the firehouse. Um, yeah. And it's, it's a lot. And when I finally learned to, to say no a little bit more, um, I'm not, God, I'm not perfect, but I still say yes occasionally to things, um, that I shouldn't, but, um, it, it's, it's a relief, you know, when you say no and you're like, Oh, all right. That was, uh, right. You know, it was a lot easier than I thought. Now I don't, I, that that little tidbit of stress that I just added on top of all of the other stress that I have compounded isn't there anymore. And it just, it, it makes you feel just a little bit better. Right. And, and as long as you tell them, you know, Hey, this is why I can't do it. I just right. don't have the time, man. Like I want to help you out. Um, I, I would love to, you know, maybe we can revisit this in a couple months if you still need help with it. Maybe let me get a little bit more off my plate and Right. A circle back, right? Right. Um, because you're still showing the genuine desire to help, which you which you have, I have, right? right? And yeah. I think most people in the fire service have. And absolutely. Um, you know, you're still you're still showing that you're still showing that you care. Right. Whether you think, do it or not. 
I think that's part of the another part of the evolution of the fire service too is mental health for us. You know, that's mm-hmm. something that we didn't talk about. You just sucked it up and did your job. And then yep. if there was something else to do, especially a small department, you know, everybody's juggling five five different things at, at any one time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the one of the other ways, you know, it, it's probably a better thing to say no. Finally, you know, I was involved in a bunch of committees and all that kind of stuff as well, um, and I was basically dropped off the committee by some of the bosses without being mm-hmm. told, you mm-hmm. know, it's kind of like, well, wait a minute. So I was pretty angry about that, but in the, you know, at the end of the day, it was a good thing for them to do. Yeah. You know, I wasn't going to give it up, you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to give it up on my own just because first of all, I had a lot of ownership in it, you know, mm-hmm. apparatus committee, you know, doing all the specs for all of those things. Um, you know, one thing I would have fought them on is the breathing air program. You know, you're not taking that from me. Yeah. But they, you know, they, they, as I became a battalion chief, Hey, you need more time away. All right, fine. Here we go. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, mental health wise, that's, that's another evolution that yeah. I think we do a lot better job today than we did 25 years ago. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's been a slow progression. I think every one of us went kicking and screaming into it. Um, I know I did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but, you know, once we got a little bit more comfortable talking about those things in the firehouse and talking about them out in, in the open, hey, you know, I'm th- th- those last five calls just crushed me. Yeah. I ended up, I had, a, as battalion chiefs, we went on every cardiac arrest mm-hmm. and along with the other calls. Uh, high acuity calls. Um, Mm -hmm. And I had, I had one shift where I had five cardiac arrests and the oldest one was 48 years old. Oh, and I called my boss and I was, I was first due to two of them with, Mm -hmm. with a couple of cops. So we're Mm -hmm. doing CPR when the crews get their families a mess, you know, and I called my, my district chief afterwards. He's a good friend of mine. I said, I'm done. I'm not going on any more cardiac arrests this set. He's like, <laughs> so we went and had coffee and yeah. chatted about it. So, yeah, that's like you said, it's it, you know, I total uh, between part time and full time, it's been 17 years um, between both. And, um, you know, like you said, even, um, you know, 25 years ago, obviously there was no talk of this. 17 years yeah. ago, there was no talk of this. I would say even 10 years ago, there was no talk of this, you know, right. and, you know, it's, it's, it gets, it's, it honestly comes up in every, uh, on every episode that I've had so far. Um, yeah. and whether I bring it up or whether somebody else brings it up there, two of my guests, um, they specifically dealt with this, um, you know, uh, specifically, mm-hmm. um, in their side businesses. So, um, and I think that, uh, you know, talking about this 10 years ago is unheard of. Um, you know, I would say in the last few years that fire service as a whole is making, um, making great strides in talking about this, bringing it to the forefront. Um, you know, obviously it has been at the forefront for a number of years. Um, you know, just because of the suicide rate that, that we have, right. right? Um, we've had numerous ones here in the, uh, in the Chicagoland area in recent years. Um, you know, which is unfortunate, right? You know, right. you see that you see the posting about, uh, you know, a death in the fire service. And then um, it's almost like an unwritten thing. They 
you don't hear anything about it. Right. Just so-and-so passed away. Right. Okay. Now I know why, you know, right. and uh, you know, it, 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 it just seems like you, you see it far too often. You know, we, we have an inherently dangerous job as it is, um, you know, and to hear that, uh, people are now going that route more frequently is, is, you know, it's disheartening, you know, a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that more and more people are talking about it more and more people are doing something about it. You know, whether it's if, if they're struggling themselves, they're going to get help because there's a lot more resources now available than Absolutely. there ever has been. And, you know, it's, it's a good thing to see, you know, I think it's, it's headed in the right direction. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully more and more people, um, seek out that help if they need it. And hopefully over time, less and less people will need to seek that help. So. Right. I think, you know, it, like, like you said, about 10 years ago, we'd have been laughed out of the firehouse for bringing this up at a kitchen table. And mm -hmm. now it's, I think it's a fairly regular conversation yeah. after a call or, um, you know, after a four day or, or your, your days off, you know, when you come into the firehouse, Hey, I had a really crappy time off. Yeah. And you have that, have that conversation, you know, the, the, uh, the mental health stuff that we're, we're afforded is pretty impressive. The EAP programs and some of the toughest yeah. guys I know have been to them and used okay. up all their time and we're asking for other people's time. Um, and so that's, that's really cool. The, the idea of, you know, building resilience in, in our younger firefighters too, we're going to have to work on that. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a, that's a piece in the fire service that, you know, I, I watched a guy that was a, a Marine just go on four or five horrific calls. Yeah. back to back to back and he finally he cracked and said i'm done and he was less than a year on the job you know came out of the marine corps came out you know combat vet and yeah. just nope i'm done yeah i'm sure he had a lot of uh you know being in combat i'm sure yep. all of that was in the back of his mind and then all of those calls bing bang, bang bam bam yeah. and then it all yep. it all came back full circle on him unfortunately Right. And, uh, I mean, he, you know, he's, he's, he's doing well. He, you know, he, he got out, he got help he, and, and worked, but he's like, I'm never going, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. You know, and the rest of oh. us, I mean, it, it obviously affected us, mm -hmm. but it oh, was, no. it was nothing like that. No. So, and, and that's the thing. It's, it's yes. One or two calls may give you that, that reaction, right. Depending on, you know, new, numerous different factors. Right. Um, but it's the, it's the constant, um, the constant calls like that, that just build up over time. Oh, yeah. And it, that's when it, I think it starts taking some, taking a toll on some people, especially guys that have been around for a long time and that have seen, you know, those particular calls just one after another, after another. And now you're talking about five, 10, 20, 25 years of that, 30 years of that. And, you know, it just seems like that, uh, uh, also contributes to some of the older, um, you know, population of the fire service that end up taking their own lives as well. Right. You know, and it's not just the younger guys that, you know, um, a lot of people would say they just, you know, can't hack it. They're not strong enough, you right. know, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, if we can start like you, like you were saying, starting off um, building that resiliency right off the bat in the Academy. Yes. And, start that process from there and move it forward. And, and same is true, you know, talking about, um, you know, leadership, you know, like uh, I know Rick and I were talking about starting that stuff in the academy. Absolutely. And, and 
and then let them let them you know build it up throughout the rest of their career build on those uh, core principles that you teach you know whether it's resiliency or um you know any kind of uh, leadership right. type type stuff but um I, I i do see the resiliency stuff more pop up more and more in academies and in the basic uh yeah. um, firefighter courses um even some of the uh some of the grant funded courses here in illinois uh have that built into it oh wow um even like if you're a tenure guy taking you know let's say you're just want to freshen up you want to take a truck class or uh you know whatever the case may be um some of those classes have that resiliency uh component built into them in order to Very see cool. and and they do that in order to receive uh grant funding from the state nice. or from fema or whoever else is giving it out so yeah i've seen it a little bit more which is good yeah that's great it's um you know, like, like you said, the starting in the academy and having that be the pervasive attitude in the fire department too, Yeah. you know, because if kids in the academy are seeing, are getting taught all this leadership stuff and they get out in the firehouse and everybody's like, yeah, that was academy. We don't do that stuff here, kid. Sit down. Let me tell you how it really goes. Mm-hmm. That's going to happen no matter where you are. I, I, I Absolutely. But Absolutely. As long as we can keep that to the 5%, not the 95%, we're, we're going to be light years ahead. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's still stuff that you, that that's being taught, um, you know, paramedic school wise or, you know, in the fire academy. And then you get out and you're like, well, I, how do we, how do we do it by the book? We can't do it by the book, you know, cause (laughs) especially some, you know, a lot of this, not a lot, but a few things uh, going through paramedic school, I got, you know, I get out and I'm like, what, aren't we supposed to do it like that? No, dude, that doesn't work like that in the real world. I was like, oh, right. okay. You know, and then you learn right. how to do it the street way, which is even more effective than the way it was done in the book, you know? So right. there's going to be instances like that still, no matter what, but. Um, well, that was one of the cool things about having, having so many recruits coming into the firehouses. Yeah. They would get these, you know, Hey, we're going to, we're going to raise us a, a K-12 saw to the roof. And here's one of the, you know, it's one of their rookie book skills. I got to sign mm-hmm. off and yeah. they go tie it up and they get it all set to go. And, the 20 year guy looks at it and the senior firefighter is like, what are you doing kid? That's all wrong. Well, no, no, no. This is the new way they're going to test us on it. So the, the kids will come out and they'll teach the older guys yeah. this new way to do something. Sure. And, and that was, that was really cool to watch, you know, having that, well, this is how we do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but tell me why they, they taught you this way in the Academy. Yes. So, you know, a new way to force a door, a, you mm-hmm. know, different through the lock method. You know, th- those are those are things that that get people get people's blood pumping and keep them engaged in the job as they get older. Yeah, I agree, and I think that question, the why question, is important. Yeah. Because you know, even even now, I mean, our our department's starting to become uh, pretty young. We've had a lot of retirements, and uh, you know, over the last few years, and um, you know, when you when you would ask an older guy, uh, you know, when I started, hey, why why are we doing it this way? Because <laughs> I would learn something different in, you know, whether it was a, an extrication class or whatever, right. um, I would learn a new way of doing it. And then I would come to it and be like, no, dude, you're an idiot. We don't do it that way. Well, why? Because right. this this way to me seems more efficient. Right. You know, because the practice evolved. Right. But then if you don't ask why, it's like, well, I, I don't know what to do now. And then when you ask why to some of those older grumpy guys, um, you know, they're going to be like, because it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's, I've been doing this this way 20 years. That's how we, right. Do it. Yeah, exactly. This is how we do it. Um, yeah. but, uh, you know, and, and I feel like a lot of the, uh, the guys that have been on for a while are 
becoming more receptive to the newer um, ways of doing things. Not like um, it, it seemed like back in the day when you would ask and no, it's our way, it's this way or the highway, right. even though the way you just learned is so much more efficient and, right. and effective than that, <laughs> than that older way. But, you know, it is what it is. It seems like that, that tide is shifting as well, which is, which is kind of cool. A lot of the older guys are a little bit more receptive to um, learning new techniques, learning new ways, maybe having a two-year guy showing them, Hey, I just learned this in writ class, you know, right. th this, this new way of dragging a down fireman out, whatever the case may be. Um, it's, 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 it's nice to see. Um, yeah that there's more think, of a collaborative effort. Yeah, I think truth be told, I think a lot of the older guys, they know or they've seen these new techniques and they just don't employ them because muscle memory says, when I get off the truck, I take the nozzle and this yeah. is what I do. I go this way. Good point. You know, it, it, one of the things that came down to is like some of the fire tactics, you mm -hmm. know, when, um, you know, to rip a scab off the transitional attack thing. That yeah. was, you know, some of the old time guys that wrote books and everything were just bashing on it. You know, oh, we hit it hard from the yard and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, hold on a second. This isn't the fire you had in 1972. Right. This new stuff is nasty, and it's pumping mm -hmm. out 15 times the BTUs per pound that you were getting back then. So, yeah, if we put it back in the box and then go then go kill it, that's that's a yeah. little bit smarter tactic. Yeah. So, and you're just trying to get some of those guys to learn that. And I was lucky enough to come from a department that was really open to that kind of stuff, especially when UL started doing it and, you know, mm -hmm. showing the, the science behind it. Yeah. That, so that was, that was really cool to watch. And that, oh, well, there's science. Okay. You really can't argue with that. <laughs> yep. Valid point. Good point. Um, so. Yeah. Um, well, if you were to leave the, the listeners here, um, we've had a great talk. We've hit, all kinds of different things. Um, oh, yeah. Fire service <laughs> related, business related, which is which is great. You know, we want to, you know, we do want to talk about business and um, but, you know, we're, we're, we're all first responders here, right? We, you know, we, there's always going to be stories to be told. And, and um, it's, it's great hearing different perspectives um, of the fire service, especially from, you know, in police and dispatching um, from across the country, right? Right. We're not all from the same areas, um, you know, and occasionally I've had a couple of guests from California. I've had now a couple of guests from Colorado. Um, you know, it, it's nice hearing the different uh, ways of doing things and um, your experiences, you know, through the fire service from day one up until you retired and, um, you know, how that's affected your life and, um, you know, using the business aspect of things, you know, how that helped you in business, how that, um, you know, created a difficulty, you know, and running your business. Um, so it's, it's nice to hear, you know, all of the, all the different stories and, and, you know, for the listeners that are, that are looking to either a start a business, or maybe they are running a business on the side. It's, it's nice to hear that problems aren't unique to them, right? Right. Everybody has problems. Everyone has to work through problems and hopefully we're creating a platform here that, yeah, this could be a resource for for people to say, hey, you know what? I'm having that problem that Chris talked about, or I'm having that problem that Rick talked about. Um, here's how they got through it, and being in using that as a resource and say, okay, well, let me try that method because I I didn't know about that, and right. maybe that'll work for me. If it doesn't, at least I tried, right? Yeah. And I and now right. I know that that didn't work, and I can move on to something else. And and hopefully maybe another guest has a has a uh, a strategy that they could deploy. So, um. 
that being said, if, if there was one piece of advice, whether it's uh, a new guy in the fire service, whether it's um, starting off a business or, you know, running multiple things at the same time, if you can give somebody a tip that you maybe didn't know, um, you know, 20, 30 years ago, is there something that pops um, up in your mind that you might be able to give out or, or is that kind yeah. of a, a loaded question? No, I think there, there's, there's a bunch of things that pop out. Um, most of them are inappropriate, but um, <laughs> a couple of the, a couple of the big things is make sure to keep your priorities straight. Yeah. Um, I, I struggle with that and it sounds like you did too. And I'm mm -hmm. sure a lot of people did um, keep what's important out front. Um, I had a mentor years and years ago that said, whatever you do in the fire service from day one till you retire, leave it better than you found it. And if yes. that was your, that's your guiding principle through the whole thing. That's uh, to me, that's, that's where you need to be. Yes. That's where I'm still at. That's where it sounds like you're at, you know, giving people a platform and a, uh, an avenue to, to, to do that. If you're, if you're thinking about starting that business, do it. Um, I, I've, I've heard a couple of your, your podcasts and guys talk about, you know, I, I thought I was going to do a plan B and then I got hurt or a guy got hurt and they can't do this anymore. And they got nothing. Yep. I've seen that happen to, to, to people in my own department, fall off a ladder, break, break something, can't get back. Oh, I'm 28 years old. What do I do? Yeah. So plan B, plan B, plan B, you know, if your department, you know, encourages, which I think most do now get your education. Mm -hmm. um, most of them will pay for it. Yeah. I mean, it's almost foolish to not take advantage of that. hundred um, percent. Yeah, get your education, keep your priorities straight and leave it better than you found it. That'd be my, my recipe for success. I love it. Um, that quote I've used many, many, many times in the past. Um, and I think it's a, I think it's a great, great quote to, uh, to live by in the fire service. Yeah, yeah. It really realistically anywhere, right. You know, even if you were to, even if you didn't start your own business, but you were, you, you know, you started working with an SCBA company, you started working, you know, training, um, you know, whatever, a fire academy, whatever it may be, um, you know, using, having that quote in your mind is, uh, is pretty powerful. And, you know, I think that if, if most people live their, live their lives by that, um, whether you're in the fire service or not, um, right. you know, I think this world would be a little bit better of a place. So, um, I love it. Good stuff. That's on the bottom of every one of my emails. It's just, you know, that's awesome. a, it's something that, yeah, and you're you're absolutely right. If it was, if everybody worked like that, or even more people worked like that, yeah. it'd be a great place. Absolutely, we'll get there. Absolutely. One person at a time. Uh huh. Yep. Um, Chris, if people were going to look up uh, your business, where would they find it? Uh, work. We're still working on a website right now. Um, right now, my email address is the best way to get a hold of us. Okay. Um, it's um, FireDog F Y R D A W G at iCloud.com. Um, be more than happy to talk with anybody, um, whether it's air packs, whether it's training programs, whether it's managing through times of mental stuff, mental health issues. Mm -hmm. I'm not an expert by any stretch, but I used a lot of resources, um, my department, and I'm sure a lot of departments have those available too. So, um, love to hear from people and talk to them. So awesome. Yeah, well, uh, what we'll do is we'll leave um, all of your contact information in the Perfect. show notes. Um, I'll throw a link to your uh, to your LinkedIn uh, profile as well in there. Um, awesome. That way, if uh, um, 
surprisingly enough, there there actually is a lot of people in the fire service <laughs> on LinkedIn, which I didn't realize at first. But yeah. now that I'm starting to connect with a lot a lot more, um, uh, it is uh, it is used in the fire service. So we'll uh, we'll put that link to your profile in there as well. Um, if anybody. Uh, listening wants to get a hold of Chris. All that stuff will be in the show notes. Um, Chris, it was a pleasure having you on. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to to hop on with me and you know talk a little bit about your your life and your business. And um, you know, I hope uh, someone found um, just even a tidbit um, useful to apply into their lives and in business. So thank you. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, thank you, Ryan, for the time and reaching out. Uh, that was. Uh... It was really enjoyable. I enjoy talking about this stuff. It's something I'm pretty passionate about. All right, Chris, thank you so much. And uh, we'll hopefully have you on here in the future. Great. Take care.